Welcome to the Stabcast, a podcast dedicated to Star Wars Legion. This deal's getting worse all the time. Here is a unicycle. You will ride it wherever you go. What? I'm not riding the f***ing unicycle. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Welcome, cadets and commanders, to Stabcast, the Sunsphere Tactical Attack Brigade's Star Wars Legion podcast. I'm Tim the Brigmaster Hannon, with Ben part-time Cylon Fowler, and Ryan 100% Cylon Sawaski. How are we all doing, gentlemen? Doing fine. Smells like toast. Are you having a stroke? Because they're toasters. They're, they're, they're toasters, Tim. You, you would know this because you're not a Cylon. Yeah, you're not a Cylon. You, That's you right. would understand. I'm not because I was innocent. I was innocent. <laughs> but the brig was nice this time of year. It's okay. This week on Stabcast, a battle report, a look at new rules, and a Q&A with much, much more. So, yeah. Remember that thing where we talked about, oh, I played a lot of games in the last couple of weeks, and I, I talked about them on the last two podcasts. Well... I haven't played any more since then. <laughs> By the time this podcast uh, goes live, I will have been just finished up finals. And I mean just finish up finals. I will likely be at work trying to check out of my school job for the summertime, where I then have to be back two days later to teach summer school. So, <laughs> so as usual, Ben is full of excuses. Yeah, mostly. Mostly. I, you know, Legion is a lovely game to watch. I watch it on the internet, on, on you know, YouTube videos and the streams. It's, it's cool to watch. Playing... Listen, you don't have to play to enjoy or talk about it. <laughs> Gosh. Well, normally this is the part of the show where I make fun of Ben for not showing up to Legion night. But uh, where I work, I'm down to full-time staff. So, uh, yeah, since the Atlanta rally point, I've, uh, I've looked at a model. I think I've primed a model. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's about all I've gotten done. Uh, Tim, save us. I got to play. Woo. This is my Yay. turn. Woo. <laughs> Hooray. I got to be the best player in the store that day, although I lost. But that's okay. I was for a little while. For a little while, I was the best player in the store. Uh, I played our local friend Brandon at Sci-Fi, our local store here, Sci-Fi City. Uh, and we played a fun game, but I learned a lot of interesting things in this fun game. Uh, which, on a side note, is kind of a testament to the benefit of playing non-competitively and just playing for funsies. Because... Yeah, you can goof around and, and have fun with a few things, but then also there's a lot of lessons you can learn in there. And go, huh, I didn't think about that. And now you know that for the next time you play. Right. Uh, we play cool. Major Offensive, Recover the Supplies, and Clear Conditions. I know I've been playing a lot of Clear Conditions because I'm Ooh. sinful. I know. <laughs> now, I will say, uh, I had planned on a list to run when I showed up, and then when I showed up, I realized I opened up my bag, and I still had all my stuff from the RPQ, I didn't have any of my extra models with me. So I had to kind of rush a little bit and borrow a bunch of stuff from Brandon, uh, who was super great at lending me stuff. But because of that, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to turn zero. I just kind of ran through it so we could get going. And that cost me the game. I have no doubt that that cost me the game. Like I said, major offensive, recover supplies, and clear conditions. Not great. Um, but especially not great when he has 11 activations and I have nine. That's a lot of activations. Yes. Uh, and he had Veers, Krennic, one DLT Death Trooper, three Snipers, a Flamer Squad, plus an Officer, and four DLT Storms. I had Palp, two Death Troopers with DLTs and Recon Intels, three DLT Storms, and three Naked Storms. No Snipers. I will say, I do like your list, Tim. I mean, I, I, I know you feel down the activation, but those are some pretty, pretty big-sized boys there. 
it, for for something and we both threw our list together very last minute again like we were changing things editing things like yeah, I, I don't hate it again some tinkering some tailoring some soldiering some spying like we could probably <laughs> fix it and get it <laughs> i mean you could drop a dt and you know pull out the extras right that's that's cybers. kind of what i would fix yeah i would <laughs> i would fix that drop the dt and add some other stuff in there but it's not bad i was gonna say this later but i'll say it now i don't think I think that there is a sweet spot for naked stormtroopers. I love my naked stormtrooper squads. They hold positions yep. really well. They're great at objectives. I think three is a little bit too many. I think one yeah, to two is that, is that sweet spot. One to two I'd is perfect. Agree. But they do they did really well. I mean, honestly, they were in and held the objective for most of the game, so it was good. Or held held the box. Um, we went back and forth pretty evenly as you do a major offensive. Uh, there will be some picks on Instagram by the time this gets posted. Um, I will not lie, I definitely outrolled him very much so like i was was, my (laughs) dice were super hot uh so that that, no no lying about that it was very much i was rolling real real fire and so he spent the whole game and we had six hours or six hours excuse me six six hours it's a long game six hours yes 1200 point game um we had six rounds and we got done in less than two hours so let that be a lesson for people that are that are naysaying like we we got it done but he spent pretty much the whole game because of those hot dice saying that he had lost. He's saying, I lost this game. I don't know how I'm going to come back from this. I don't know how you got this. And it's over and over again. And I spent pretty much the whole game saying, uh, no, you have this. And I was, <laughs> I was, we were reassuring each other of each other's success. Like he was telling me I had this and I was telling him he had this, uh, surprise. He had this again, went back and forth. But at the end of the day, he had four units with Pierce I had one, and that one was Palp. Um, and so when it came down to my surviving units grabbing the boxes, he was able just to pierce them down and whittle them down and just make them drop it. So the score was, I believe it was 3-1 to one at the end of it. It was a lot closer than that, but again, he just got some final shots off and, and, and shot them down. Uh, I will say I did get one of his snipers early on because he deployed a little bit too far forward into range four of the Death Troopers, and I took full advantage of that. But other than that, uh, he was just able to just take me down. Uh, his Veers did some really good work, which I was that made me happy as a Veers fan. Like I always like to see Veers out there. Landon was telling me how bad Veers was, and then Veers helped win the game, so that's fine. Uh, uh, Landon is definitely wrong yeah. about that. I love an active Veers. Right. I love Veers getting right. out there shooting people. That's I love right. he's right. more than just a spotter. That's right. That's one. That one's for you, Landon. Here, <laughs> um, friend, friend of the podcast. <laughs> And so, kind of going what we were talking about before, talking about the list, I've never run Palp with two Death Troopers. I don't think I've ever run him with Death Troopers before. I really like it. I think two DTs with plus him is too expensive. But him with the one Death Trooper is pretty good, because he can just keep pulling the strings and have him shoot uh, lots of dice. Now, I do think that that could probably be a niche that's filled by Bosk a little bit better. But since that's not out yet, this is what we got. <laughs> so, if you're playing that's with right. what you got... I think uh, Palp and one Death Trooper is pretty good. I'd have to put that to the test to really solidify that. Theoretically, with Palp and Krennic, could you take five Special Forces? Yes. Because their entourage allows them to bring the extra guys? Yes. Yes. Hmm. In theory. I mean, <laughs> but yes, so that was my game. It was a great game, and it's really a lesson to everyone to never call it early. Because, again, there were a couple times where I felt, felt like Brandon was on the edge of being like, uh, why don't we just call it here? I said, no, we got the time. Let's... Let's play it out. I think you got this. And sure enough, he got it. In my defense for not playing, I'll have to add this in here at the end. Um, <laughs> I was playing a weekend full of X-Wing. I was down in Atlanta 
um, playing in the X-Wing system open. It was delightful. It was very hot. Lots of fun. So I had Star Wars fun. I just didn't have Star Wars right. Legion fun. I was at work. I don't have a cool excuse. I played. I'm good. I did my Proud job. Proud of you, buddy. So if you want to take a look at Tim's pictures on the Instagram or you want to check out our streaming channels, SW Stabcast or Tim's Timitation Irish for some recent games we've been playing, take a look at our photos of things we posted. Uh, now that summer's starting, I'm going to put some more time into my paint. I'm going to do some uh, terrain building. Check us out on all the social medias, SW Stabcast. Take a look at some of our project ideas, maybe our table work. Check us out there on the social medias. And then while you're looking at social media, you can then take a look at all of it. And again, we are at SW Stabcast on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. So just go ahead and find us wherever you want to. We are there. And if you want us to be somewhere else, tell us. Yeah, yeah, you can tell us that. That'd be fine. But if you want to support the show directly, you can check out our shirt shop to get some cool Sunsphere Tactical Attack Brigade gear, or if X-Wing's more your thing, Sunsphere Defense Fleet stuff, at teespring.com slash stores slash stabcast. Uh, we would love it if you would drop us an email at swstabcast at gmail.com with critiques, criticisms, questions, show topics, whatever you guys want to hear us talk about. Check us out on the Discord server. I think everybody's on there. All of our names end in Stabcast, so you should be able to find us no problemo. And uh, as always, I want you to let us know where you play. Send us some photos of, of your gaming tables, of what stores you play at, like your good friend Bob did from Muncie, Indiana, who hangs out at Atomic Games. He's building a pretty cool little community up there. We've been in touch quite a bit. Uh, I got to meet him at Adepticon, and they are having a Rally Point qualifier on July 13th. Uh, so if you guys are in the the Indianapolis, Indiana area, I know Muncie's not exactly there but uh if you can get there we may try to go up there i don't know we'll see what's going on um but go check out atomic games but speaking of our email uh we've been kind of neglecting it but we do have uh we do have some listener questions that have been piling up and so we're going to take a minute and and do a little bit of a q a here and our first question isn't one that i would have thought to have necessarily answered uh, it started at the Las Vegas Open. They did it at Adepticon. A few other tournaments I've been to have done it where maybe some extra people show up or we don't have quite enough terrain. But what to do when you're asked to bring some extra barricades to put to a map? How to strategically place them, where to put them down. And our, our friend Drew asks, do you guys think it, you could touch on barricade placement in one of your podcasts like... How do you place them? How do you take into consideration different deployments and objectives and any actual rules on barricade placement and how it changes based on your list composition? Do you want to put them close to objectives or not and all that jazz? So, uh, Ben, I think there's a couple issues with the way that question's written, but we can we can touch to that. So what, what, are, you, what are you thinking, Ben? I, I'm not grading the listeners' grammars. We're, we're holding off to that. It was also read by Ryan, so I can't tell what was written. Ryan should be the last person to grade someone's grammar. <laughs> yes. So every rule set I've looked at, you have to, you should place the barricades before you know who has control of board edge. So before right. you talk about points, you just have to figure out who wants to place some barricades. Because if you know what side of the board you're likely to be on, you're definitely going to change placement. Exactly. It's, it's real difficult to... You want to place them so that you help yourself and don't help your opponent, but if you're not sure what side of the board edge you're on. And I also, I'm not a big believer in, in stopping every hole. Like some people are like, oh, there's a, there's a hole, here's a gap, put a barricade there. There's a gap there, put a barricade. 
I think that can work just as well against you as it could work for you. And it limits yeah. play oh, sometimes. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Make some choke points. And you don't know which way the choke point's going to go, but make a choke point. Make it fun. Yeah, make it fun. Make like it I said, don't, don't cover all yeah. of them. Just make it mean. And also with the increasing yeah. amount of vehicles and with tauntauns and dewbacks and sometimes I think being unable to move objects through places can be helpful, but also can, mm-hmm. can stifle a game pretty fierce. So, yeah. Well, and, and like Ben said, yeah, place them before boardage. Like I would place them right after you place all the other terrain. Like that's pretty much the first thing you're doing as soon as you get to a board if it's already been constructed for you. Um, and granted, this can lead to some funny placements if you get long march. And so that's, well, part of the fun. I also <laughs> like to always, I always try to put one or two barricades if I have this freedom to do so in such a way that if we have to come from the sides, at least we'll have some kind of cover. Because a lot of times I've played long march games where all of your cover doesn't matter because it was right. facing each other. And so now all of a sudden, everybody's naked. Not just my guys. Everyone. Everyone's out in the open. And that can be that can be less than ideal. And you can, with your opponent, uh, agree not to place any extra barricades. Yeah. You can look at the map yeah, and go, can. you know what? I think I'm absolutely. good. Are you good? Um, yeah. My third mic in the uh, last RPQ, that's what we did. Uh, <laughs> second mic, we decided to play some. And I did throw one in the middle because why not? <laughs> if a guy's out there wandering around, you may want to have some cover right there in the middle of nowhere. That's yeah, right. and I think the thing to keep in mind at the end of the day is what this rule is kind of designed to do, and it's to add a little more cover, um, something typically the Rebel players want more so than the Imperial players. But if, after you guys have alternated placing barricades... The thing you always want to do, since there are no tournament regs for this, there are no hard and fast rules, is just looking up and down the board and say, hey, does this look fair to you? Um, because at the end of the day, that's that's just what we want it to be is fair. Yeah, I don't think, unlike X-Wing, where you're trying to place obstacles to try to get a strategic advantage, because that's put into this that game, that's a, part, a step of that game. This isn't so much, and you just want to try to end up with a fair table. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going into a game and going, I'm going to lose this because the terrain is not helpful at yeah. all. Right, right. Right. To the side I'm going to be on. You don't, you don't want the, the thing you had little or no control over to be the thing that kills you. <laughs> Other than dice. But we agreed to a dice game. I also like sometimes to for placing a barricade to put it not completely diagonal, but a li- maybe a little diagonally because, again, that kind of can leave it to where either side can take advantage of it. To right. where it's it's... Again, like you said, try to make it fair. Try to make it as balanced as you can. Uh, some of the rule placements I saw were you place two, I place two, you place two, I place two. I'm not a super fan of them touching right there. And it's, not, it's not because I'm yeah. a, like my peas can't touch my mashed potatoes kind of guy. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that I like being able to throw down a, a six-inch barricade. Um, right. I'm, I, yeah, I'm yeah. not a super fan of that. And the other thing to keep in mind is these are community rules. These aren't anything that fantasy flight has has given to us that we have to use it in a, in a particular way so i think we will see these rules get amended and adapted and change over time as the community kind of figures out what they need to do um, whether we need to put a range requirement or a spacing requirement on it um we'll we'll, we'll see but uh i think it's a good fix for yes. um an issue that a lot of stores have where they just might not have enough terrain or even themed terrain to field, you know, eight tables or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I would, I would not try to game an advantage out of it. And, uh, and then, yeah, like, like those guys talked about watch for, for everything. Yeah. If only we could yeah. find a rule where I'm allowed to throw down like puddles to increase, you know, difficult that's, terrain or. Yep. That's right. 
bring your puddles. Um, <laughs> second question we got is a little bit more of, a, of an abstract one. Um, and it's something I think a lot of Legion, Legion players have either got figured out or don't. How in the heck do you play against triple sabs? So, because I think I think a lot of times people don't get to see them a lot because there's not a lot of triple sab players, um, and those who do play that particular style play it per- very well, and their opponents probably haven't had a ton of experience. So I know we've all had varying different degrees of experience against a, a list like this. So how do you guys think you you would tell someone who's having trouble with with triple sabs? So I'm very impressed that the loyal listener has been listening to our podcast and asked us that question. Yeah. We don't play this in Knoxville. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not our forte. Now, now I will say part of the reason why I don't play and we've said this before, none of us bought enough of them to do the yeah. do that. We yeah. none of us saw three scouts commanders. is where yeah. I'm headed. Now, yeah. since we played online, because TTS has allowed us to, to kind of you know, play with that a little bit more, the two games I've played against them have been online. And right. my first action is I shoot them. They really are the <laughs> yeah. first that has to go. Um, yep. They, when you have three of them, they have so much flexibility in having one guy who can detonate a bomb. It's terrible if all three get to detonate at the same time because they all have bombs with a range one of where you're headed. Um, right. I means I've got to kill the guys. I got to pre- I got to take the guy's thumb off so he can't press the button to blow the bomb up. Yeah. But I mean, if you got if your opponent's taking sabs and he knows you're going to shoot at them, that means he's got to be doing something else with his other units. So you can't afford to forget the other guys while you concentrate on taking the sabs out. You got to pay attention to the side units. Right. I mean, I'll almost kind of like Ben was saying. I'll almost always uh, focus fire on them as soon as I see them. Now, I don't know if that's really good, because I don't really play them <laughs> against them all that much. But it seems to work out pretty okay so far. But the problem is, and the reason why you do that, is not just because, oh, they can throw a bomb and detonate it. That's scary. Right. It is. But in addition to that, they can throw many. And so you let them yeah. go for even just a few turns. That it can be easily overwhelming, and you just all of a sudden you're overrun with with landmines and, and with charges everywhere. And you don't know... Mm-hmm. I think one of the scariest things I ever, ever had to encounter was one time I played against them and the player didn't detonate the mine right away. Yep. Ooh. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> I, I went, ran in. Yeah, I ran in figuring he was going to blow the mine and then he didn't. And I went, uh-oh. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to do this now. Um, and then another game I played against him where it was really close but he i had a lot of really good melee units but he shut down my melee units because he just built a wall of mines and closed mm-hmm. off a doorway to me i said okay i'm not going to run through that doorway and it worked worked briefly he won yeah. so it was great i think yeah. i think the thing to consider though when we do just want to shoot it shoot it with fire is in that instance as long as they're positioned well as long as only one of the saboteurs is visible while they may not be getting the most equity out of their bombs, they're making you waste really valuable attack actions to get one model off the board. And any sure. sab player who's worth their salt is only going to let a single one of your activations, hopefully if the map allows, see one of the saboteurs in the two-man strike team at a time. And so right. it's they're, they're really tough to pin down because you're having to take this you know 60-point activation and shoot them and get one model. 
And so yeah. even if they don't get the most the best bombs of the universe off, they're still gaining gaining value by letting the rest of their list do stuff. And so you kind of have to be real cagey and fan your guys out and try to get as line of sight on as many guys as you can. Um, and really, you have to use the map, I think, against the saboteurs when possible. And sometimes you just can't. They're tricky. They're super duper tricky to play against. And yeah. I'll be honest, the, the fear I have most is the Imperial Saboteur. The Rebel one, I can take the dice hit. I don't feel bad. It's that suppression. It is the suppression <laughs> game in the Imperials that I think is so yeah. dangerous. Well, I don't know. I think it's a two-edged coin. I do think, like, in a vacuum, the Imperial Saboteur is way, way better. But I think Rebels have better tools to support their Saboteurs with cheaper med bots, uh, better command cards to help them out. Uh, so I think they both bring very different and unique threats. While, yes, the, the, the suppressive keyword is good, uh, no time for sorrows may be better though. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I really don't. And I think the part is is that there's so much on the the imperial side to increase the the damage from sure. suppression. Um, yeah, and I they suppose. can act through I suppression. I mean, yeah, you can stack so. up that suppression pretty easily. Yeah, pretty easy, pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, I don't. Know. I do like that both both factions have saboteurs that are worthwhile, and both have very different flavors to them. Like they both feel, both lists feel very different. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, shoot them if you can. Shoot them if your opponent hangs them out to dry. My advice would be keep an eye on the objectives. And when I see my opponent having saboteurs on the table, I honestly halfway think to myself, let's play for the tie and just try to win on points and stay as far <laughs> away from those little guys as possible. And I That's rarely think that way. No, and but you're not wrong. I'll be honest, because saboteurs don't mind blowing themselves up. Like, no, yeah, if you rush at them to destroy them, you know, it's, they're like, okay, I'll just take myself with them. I mean... Yeah, <laughs> they are saboteurs. They will <laughs> die for the cause. Yeah they, they, yeah, they really do. And now, news from the Net: New rules and keywords explained. So, Hooray. the RRG just got updated. So, cruising through, yeah, there's did. lots of blue text. Lots of blue text in this one. All right, but let's be real. We don't really care about much of it <laughs> some of we it has been spoiled Ram. for us for a while ffgs keep yeah. dropping the news and so we knew it was going to go into the rrg as soon as sabine gets out there as soon as boss gets out there so you know we had to have stuff but occasionally when you dig you find things you weren't paying attention to before and you're like oh interesting such as you see some clarifications on there that's like oh that's i'm glad they said that because i didn't think about that until the heat of the moment <laughs> So, you know, Tim, Tim, Lord knows, he, he hates a Pierce keyword. Do you know what stops a Pierce, though? A shield token. So according to the RRG, Pierce quitting, cannot okay. be used to negate blocks added by shield tokens. So if you got that one. So I'm one, just going to Pierce that other block. Yeah. <laughs> it's for when the Pierce gun has the one shot. Because often you'll get it down to just one. Yeah. Right. Um, and then it's like, My ha, one will not fear your snipers. That's <laughs> right. My droidicas will blot out the sun. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think with this RRG, this this new update, there's there is a common theme as we enter a new lo- lunar cycle, and it now is the year of the Tauntaun. <laughs> oh, no, no, I still don't yes. think it's that impressive. I it, Archie yes. the podcast was blowing up my cell phone, and I've been much too busy to answer him. And I'm like, what? What? Is, Ram? No, no, it's not that cool. It's not that cool. 
Tell me why Scarlet. Uh, so it's convinced. We got pretty cool. We got a bunch of news on the Tauntauns on how creature troopers in general work, um, and some utterly terrifying things. If you want to be scared, look at the the creature trooper climbing rules. Do Tauntauns <laughs> have udders though? <laughs> but yeah, the Ram X keyword. I loved watching all the speculation online about what Ram was going to do, and myself included. <laughs> Dead wrong. Absolutely yeah. 100% yeah. dead wrong. Everyone was wrong. That's right. Everyone was wrong. Because you think, like, I was thinking RAM would let you, like, push stuff around. Uh, but yeah. no. RAM is when you fully execute your fastest speed maneuver. You don't slow down. You go from one end of the template to another and engage a unit in melee and perform an attack. You can just flip any die. It could be a blank, it could be a surge, it could be a hit, it could be a crit, and then you could turn it into a crit. I don't know why you'd turn a crit into a different crit, but you could. Sometimes um. you do it just to spite your opponent. Watch. That's right. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a free crit, um, and you theoretically have two tauntauns, so it'll be crit two. So they'll get to, to roll a couple blank dice over. It makes their kind of inconsistent white dice in their dice pool a little more reliable. Um, just a little bit. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this keyword. Like, I think it's really competitively, I think it's very strong. I think it, it is it is valuable. I just don't know if I like the feel of it, that it's not exciting because you're just going to flip dice over. Like, I fear going back to the days of, like, X-Wing two years ago where dice didn't matter and you just had all this cool tech where you're like, I throw these polyhedrals at the ground, and then I rotate them to the sides I want. Exactly. Um, and it I wasn't, cancel it, it all wasn't things, exciting. I just add two things. <laughs> Dice can happen, but I don't care about any of those. Here's what you Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's called Pierce, kids. <laughs> Tim, Tim is a but, spicy uh, about the Pierce. Tim is spicy about the Pierce. But yeah, Always. it's it's fine. I think it's strong. I think it's got enough caveats in it that it's gonna you do have to kind of play around it because you have to fully execute the fastest speed maneuver you can. I can't wait to find somebody who's gonna immobilize their own tauntauns so they can take a zero speed move and get ram. <laughs> I'm with you that I, I have issues, I think, with the thematic of it. Like it doesn't right. feel tauntauny to me. But I, I also have the same issue with the sharpshooter keyword. That it doesn't well, feel Tauntaun. I mean, a Tauntaun is going to be bouncing up and down. That gun is flinging everywhere. There's <laughs> no way that guy shoots that well to get sharpshooter. And Ryan's about to explain to you why I'm wrong. Yep. And he and I had this I conversation for an wrong. hour last night after our game oh, night. Gosh. And I still think he's wrong about it. <laughs> All right. Thematically, I 100% agree with you, Ben. Absolutely. 100% agree thematically. The problem is, is then they do no damage because their dice pool and range is so small. And if you give them the crazy rebel wacky dice pool, the spikes on that thing to be able to get over cover are going to be insane. By the um, way, their and, impressively small dice pool is four when at full health. Yes. Four. Four red dice. <laughs> four red, four red um, dice at full health. It's, it's, yeah, they're impressively small dice pool. That is, a, that is a small dice pool. That is a 40-point you know, stormtrooper throws four dice. I'm I'm talking about number of dice to be able to, to, to overcome cover because even with sharpshooter one at the end of the day, if you're in heavy cover or even light cover with a suppression token, you are still can only get a maximum of three hits through. Um, for a ninety point model, when we compare it to the speeder bikes who can come over a hill and wipe out a unit um, with 
with, with their impressive, impressive uh, six, six dice. dice. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, I don't know. I think sharpshooters sharpshooters appropriate because it's it's going to keep their damage kind of on a baseline curve to where they'll they'll do reliable damage and not more spiky damage. And I think the last thing the rebels need right now is more like fleet troopers and pathfinders and Z6s where their dice curve is all over the place where they can do nothing or, you know, wipe wipe somebody out. Um, I think Ben would be complaining even more if they had a dice pool that could go in one shot of beers with a bad defense roll. Yes. Yes, yeah. it would. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I'd rather give them a smaller dice pool and sharpshooter rather than a bigger dice pool without. Well, now, I do think with Ram, I think it's interesting that it has to be a full standard move and like in the yep. full length. I think what, what stands out to me is the full length of the movement tool piece. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I can just see that being kind of wonky in practice. I get it in theory, but I just think in practice that could be a little bit like, uh, like if I I have to finagle this just in the right way so that I I go the full way and still hit you and so I get to attack you. I I don't, I don't know. I just think it's a little well a little weird to me. The, but the rule does say that you just have to perform it on your turn. So you could perform a full mm. standard move and then do like a half move to charge in. I got you. Okay, see that's fair. Right. I didn't see that yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. See? This is why we talk about it. <laughs> I don't play Tauntauns, I don't know. <laughs> we'll get into the creature trooper rules here in a minute, um, and how they are uniquely oh, different. Lord. But yeah, I do I do like how it simulates their the cavalry charge. Like you only get your ram when you first engage, and then if your Tauntaun stays there, he doesn't right. get ram next turn. Right. Um, right, right. Once again, unless you find a way to immobilize him, <laughs> which I'm sure someone will try to do. We'll use Sabim's whipcord launcher on your own units. I don't know. <laughs> but agile um, I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. And relentless? So yeah. Many so, so many keywords. I mean, I can just see, I can see a whole lot of like, you're talking about the cavalry charge, like charge in, hit, charge out, charge back in. Like I can see a whole lot of them just, yeah. Yeah. just zooming Honestly. in and out. Yeah. Honestly, I can with the displacement. Yeah, we'll get to creature rules in a second, but the things that creatures can do that ignore most of the rules all the other troopers get is going to be bonkers. It's interesting, yeah. Uh, Speaking of troopers, though, troopers like to use some very concentrated fire. Some could even say some coordinated fire. (laughs) Which brings us to something else that's been been quote-unquote fixed or or some would say nerfed. which is the coordinated fire card. And now you can only get one per core activation. It's, you know, it's now if the unit spends one or more aim tokens past one aim. I think it's a really logical fix. I think it's pretty clear that that's what they intended. Uh, Exactly. However, however, very foolishly, the great creators left it open for interpretation. And so, of course, they ran with it. The the players ran with it, and of course interpreted it in the most broken way possible. If there's a way to break it, we'll find it. We're players. That's what we do. Uh, That's right. So, yeah, it, it makes sense to have this fix. Again, I don't think it's much of a fix. I think it's just more of a clarification. I know some people will be very upset, but there's no need to cry about it. It just makes sense. But it's still really good. Like, if you use it right, it just means you have to be more tactical with it. But I think it's still a really good card. This card is going to be the card that when you want to date yourself in Legion, when you want to show how long you've been playing the game, you're like, I remember the days where you could pass That's 39 right. aim tokens. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, and this is a game where you get to re-roll as many dice as you want. 
So if you yeah. have the ability to re-roll dice, then yeah, I so I get it. And you're right, Tim. Yeah. It's always that rules lawyer who's like, well, mm-hmm. the co- and as an English major, I understand it, but the comma's not in the right place, <laughs> so that implies this entire phrase means that, yeah, there's yeah, as written and as intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think people, in a lot of senses, when this card came out, it was the new cool thing, uh, but I think for both the Rebel and the Imperial. Um, specialist three pip card things have kind of cooled down on them because pulling three core tokens out of your bag is still really scary because that means you don't know when your high impact activations are going to move you don't know when you're going to get your luke when you're going to get your your vader your palp your boba fett whatever um in that bag and so i think that people like i don't think it's a, a huge change to that game because i don't know how many people are actually taking this card sure oh yeah yeah that's fair. Well, now that I'm going to build that Palpatine Krennic with with five special forces and only three core, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so a new rule that we, we read about this morning as we were going through the RRG, uh, panic, jump X, and reposition. So there's always been a question of could you do jump X? Because it is actually an action. It is part of your movement, but it is actually an action piece when you're panicked and running off the board. Does Luke have to slowly walk around this building, or can he leap over it using his abilities? Turns out he has to leap over it. If reposition gives you a better edge or gives you a better direction to flee the board, you must take it. If jumping over something would give you a better, faster way to get off to the board edge, you yep. must take it. Yep. Which I find to be really I interesting. Like yeah, I like if it. If you're going to be a coward, be a coward as best you can. Exactly. Right. Well, it makes sense. Like, I mean, if Boba, if Boba can fly away... And we've had, we've, I think, well, I've always had, I've had Boba run several times. If Boba <laughs> is going to fly away, and if he's determining I'm, I am panicking, he's going to panic as fast as he can in whatever direction is the closest. And so he's going to use that jetpack to his advantage, even if that advantage is in a retreat. That just makes sense. Panicking in E-Web is kind of really easy for, you, for, before this rule, for me to just kind of slow walk him off the board. Because, right. you know, he's a reposition. And they're so bulky and big. And sometimes getting that yeah. angle just right to get you off the board, you can actually buy time. So this forces yeah, I, me to get him in the, the ability to get there as fast as he can. Yeah. I oh, liked yeah. it. Now you'll, you'll get uh, fun arguments with people where, like, the most efficient way off the board is technically for Luke to jump on top of this building. But then he can't jump down, down for his, <laughs> his next move. So is it really that efficient? No well, one knows. You only get one maneuver. You only get one I know. You only, so. you only get one. Yeah. Um, and I will say that if Luke and Boba are that far so panicked, yeah. you, you're, you your game deserve, is already in a bad place. Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> if your Sabine off the board. is running off the board, Archie, the podcast, um, then you know. You've done something <laughs> quite terrible. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. All right. The rules that we've all been waiting to get confused by. We've got creature troopers. Oh, man. They got all kinds of rules. We got Tauntauns, we got Dewbacks. Who knows what else we'll see. We can only hope that they haven't showed us Obi-Wan's Boga, the giant green lizard that he gets to ride. I want that model. Yeah. <laughs> Never make that sound again. <laughs> I need you to make it again. I let so you be a turtle one time, and now you're just going to the wind. It's going to be my text tone. <laughs> Um, yeah, so creature troopers are affixed to bases. I love that that's a bullet point in the RRG. You're like, hey, put your model on the base. <laughs> like That's all the bullet point says. It's affixed to a base. You're right. Um, 
Hey, hang on. But, but before uh, we get there, yes, go ahead. The thing says yes. the creature trooper unit follows the same rules as trooper units with the following exceptions. And then there's 11 exceptions. <laughs> there's 11 yeah. exceptions, exactly. <laughs> they, um, they follow all the rules except when they really don't, which is a yeah. lot. Um, Sorry, well, it's not necessarily a lot. It's, <laughs> it's really two places where they really break the rules. Um, maybe three. Uh, firstly is they don't get cover from suppression because you really can't, you know, crawl on your belly when you're riding a tauntaun. I mean, the dewback uh, so, is barely above his belly. Like, I mean, it's yeah. just barely. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't, you don't get benefit of cover from barricades and from suppression. They explicitly call that out. Uh, secondly, they are troopers. And so the interesting thing about them is they can get engaged and they follow most, but not all of the engagement rules. <laughs> So when they're engaged, they can't get shot at from somebody outside the engagement. Um, things that are engaged with them kind of have to deal with them unless they want to take a withdrawal action. Um, but these creature troopers can just leave an engagement. They don't have to stay. They don't have to take a withdrawal action. They can take <laughs> a move action to leave. And the crazy thing is, is when they move, they can displace units that they're engaged with. Because since yeah. these guys are on a notched base, they do displace. And so this is where I think the, the ram play style that, that the Tauntauns are going to have and the Dewback doesn't need ram. It's just got a monstrous melee attack to begin with is going to be really cool because you're going to be able to charge in there, displace, you know, a handful of models, give them a suppression and then attack them. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be really gross because as long as you don't displace the whole unit, they're engaged and they have to be placed back in cohesion in base to base contact with you. Um, mm -hmm. so these guys are, are, are really gross that way. Um, now yeah. the downside of them is they can't pick up boxes. They can't fix, uh, moisture evaporators. I guess that's all they can't do. Like, can they? They can do key positions. They can do breakthrough. I, I love that troopers and ground vehicles can't move through them. Yes. Yeah. Because I was just it, looking at that, it'll create an impediment on your side. Because you've always, I've done it before. Like I want to use them as cover. Oh, I drew the wrong token. Now my guys have to yeah. walk around it. <laughs> yeah. Now I also well, like I'd... the idea of me squaring off with Tim and us getting in a. Uh, in a showdown and him not being able to move his tank over my Tauntaun because it's in the way. My Tauntaun is like, no, you will stay here. Thank you. Honk, honk, I'll, I'll honk, just honk. shoot the Tauntaun. I, I will just <laughs> no, because I'll be engaged with your stormtroopers in front of it. <laughs> I, will, I will shoot the Tauntaun. <laughs> I will reverse and then shoot the Tauntaun. <laughs> That's right. That's correct. Getting my so, aim to uh, over my tank. I, I also like that they give cover. Um, yes, they do give is, light cover, which is nice. Uh, especially, I'm thinking on the Imperial Cipher do back because it's slower. I it, think it's nice it's because you can right. It's huge, and so you can just march up if if you're playing. Going back to the terrain discussion we were having before, mm -hmm. if you're playing a map that is like ah, oh, it's a little sparse in the middle there. You don't make it less sparse. A gigantic dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. I guess really, I guess it's a miniature dinosaur, but a small dinosaur, and just having your men hide behind the small dinosaur as you march up. I think it could be really interesting to see that. That's mobile cover. Yeah. Yeah. I love the things. Creature troopers are going to be cool. Uh, the most terrifying thing about them, though, and they can climb up to height one and clamber up to height two. I, I do not want to see a do-back climbing that building. I just... I do. <laughs> I, do. I mean, I'm, I want to go see Godzilla King of the Monsters. I don't want to see it on my Legion tables. 
<laughs> Which, I know they're just future-proofing the rules, but creature troopers are fixed to either medium, large, or huge base. Yes. I, I kind of want a Rancor. I just... Maybe something I can't control. Maybe it's, you know, an We've been saying piece. a Rancor for a long time, Ben. I'm, I am convinced. Listen, if we have a whole mission around a downed ATST. We That's will have a Rancor. If nothing else, we'll have a Rancor mission. It's going to Eventually. Happen. Give it time. Give Ran- it time. I, I, have <laughs> I have faith. Yes, exactly. Um, another nice, fine little note that we saw, speaking of uh, ancient dinosaurs, uh, poison, Bosk, doesn't affect droids. So the CIS, Bosk can just suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> he'll still shoot yeah. a thousand white dice, and because somehow... White dice will spike high. He'll get nine hits, and I'll lose yeah. all of my little robots. But yes. <laughs> yeah, Bosk's uh, Bosk's two pip card gets close to ki- insta killing a an entire unit of uh, of B ones. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think those were the big standouts in the rules update. There's a lot in there, but a lot of it is just the new keywords that we kind of already knew what they did. Um, the detachment rules are kind of interesting for how the new mortar and little uh, rebel vets tripod gun are going to deploy and move. Um, is neat, worth worth looking out. I think there's going to be some fun shenanigans, especially on the rebel side with recon intel, and then yeah. scouting your little tripod gun even further forward. Uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think everything else that they kind of highlight in the rules book is is just more clarifications and putting things down that we kind of already knew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I will recommend go and reread the the RRG. Yeah. D- do it every couple yeah. of months, especially after an update. But there's things yes. you begin to accept as truth, and then you that realize, are. oh, that's not that. We just misread that. Or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's always always good to go back and and reread it from time to time. Um, but with new rules updates, that also means we're getting new content, and new content means we have new events. So we've got a uh, we've got quite a few events coming up in the the next couple months. We're going to be quite quite busy busy be, busy busy people. Um, yes. So uh, Ben, what do we have? What do we have going on? Um, we get our monthly sci-fi events. We've got one coming up, I believe, on the 18th here of June. If you're in the Knoxville area. Um, yep. We got lots of RPQs in the area that we're going to. Um, lots, lots. We got some things coming up here in uh, in June. I think I will probably be headed towards the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Um, for their one in Concord. Yeah you're, yeah, you're going to Concord, and I'm going to Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I'm putting in air quotes, you know, to go <laughs> visit my sister. Uh, but really, there's a rally point there, so I'm going. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go wherever I can. We'll see. It has yet to be determined. Oh, wherever we yeah. can around the area. So Tim's been married less than a month. He's already canceled on two events. Way to go, marriage. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Maybe we can finagle some things. We can't. We can't. Help. Please help. So why don't do it? Like children, yeah. take away yeah. from your playtime. No, marriage, That's take right. away from your playtime. I'll have none of those things. <laughs> bachelor life for me, internet listeners. <laughs> so Ben's taking himself off the market. You heard it here first. That's, right. That's it. That's it. That's I'm just going right. to buy a whole bunch of sweatpants. I'm going to grow my That's hair out to be greasy <laughs> long. I'll be that guy at the tournament. Uh, no, I still imagine you with a bow tie and sweatpants, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we try to get this show somehow back on track. Uh, we do have ATC coming up um, the tw- excuse me, uh, July 13th. ATC is July 13th, if I can read. Um, it's going to be at Dicehead Games in Cleveland, Tennessee. It's a 
partnered with the huge Warhammer event. We're hoping to do well. Um, I haven't seen the registration numbers for a bit, but we're going to have, I think, a couple of tables being streamed. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be down there. I don't know if we'll do live commentary, but we'll definitely with with Dan Wolf Games and and War Worlds do some of the tables, at least commentary after the fact and and upload those. So uh, you guys should definitely, if you're in the area, come down to ATC. It'll be it'll be a bunch of fun. We're trying to grow it and showing the organizers that that the Legion community is here in the South in the Southeast still will be a huge help. So if you're free mid July, you want to come get some, some Gen Con practice in, uh, come let us know. Speaking of yeah. Gen Con, Gen Con, um, we registered. So Stabcast is all playing on Thursday. Sign yep. up. I think that last right. I looked, now it's been a week ago. I think there was a, a ticket or two left, um, for the Legion events. Not much. I, I know they sold out, but if you didn't get a ticket, as Gen Con schedules change, I would check back, you know, once or twice a week and just see if anybody's dropped a ticket. And then yeah. especially yeah. whenever the uh, refund date comes around, people are going to trade in their tickets because they just buy tickets for everything they can. And then when their schedules change and their refunds, they hold on to things. Uh, so if you right. didn't get in the first wave, just keep looking. You can probably find one or just show up with some generics and, and come play. That's right. And last year, I didn't get into the Gen Con um, uh, Legion tournament. And then Ryan just kept checking for me every couple of days, and I got a text like, hey, there's a ticket open. Go buy it now. So, yeah, yeah just keep looking for it. They, they will pop up. Or like I said, he said, show up. Have, have the generic tickets. Be ready to, to hop into a game. Yeah, I want to say last year, and granted Legion was a little bit younger and less developed last year, but last year I want to say all three days there were like 10 open seats, 10-plus yeah. open seats. Yeah, that sounds so. about right. Um, and then after the Thursday night game, come out to supper with us. Buy us drinks. We will drink your alcohol, listeners. Yes, we um, will. That's and true. then come hear stories about how Ryan would have almost beaten you if it hadn't been for that yeah, one exactly. play or that's that true. one dice roll. <laughs> hear, me, hear me just yell about Pierce over and over oh, again. It'll be nothing but yeah. Pierce shout stories. Yes, that's fine. That's right. I think we're tentatively planning to, to have that at Pearl Street Pizza. It's a little pizzeria about two blocks away that nobody seems to really know about and it's really good pizza wait wait to way to so, ruin the, the local place that i know i'm, like give, so much, I'm right? giving away our spot you? i'm giving away our spot uh, <laughs> yeah so a if you're going to gen con you should eat a pearl street pizzeria but oh, if man, you're doing it, it on so thursday good. after the legion event you should do it with us i mean yes. i mostly go to gen con for the food like i'm real sad scotty's yeah. is closing but that, oh. that that pizzeria is fantastic i've never been disappointed yeah and then, so, that's Gen Con in August. Then come September, you can come play at the Sci-Fi RPQ. That's September the 21st. We'll have yeah. details available for you soon as our registration process. But we have enough space for 32 players. I yep. believe that is where we're going we're gonna to put that at. So. And honestly, like, if push comes to shove, we can maybe get some more. We've got some leads in on some space next door. We may have, like, a... A winners slash losers lounge next door. If we got to throw a couple tables over there, but uh, I mean the weather's we won't have to decent in event. September. We'll put you behind the yeah. garbage dumpster out back. I mean, we talked about <laughs> Street right. Legion. You played on a flight of stairs. If you if you lose yes. a unit, they knock it down. I mean, the, yeah. the terrain yep. is literally your terrain. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, you're using terrain. It's a beautiful park next door for you to walk out and get angry at. I mean, like there's lots That's of right. lots of things. Right. You want to scream? Scream at ducks and children. You can totally do that <laughs> every fr- every Wednesday. It's ritual now. That's right. All right. So now it's time for us to unleash the cannon. Oh no! 
This week in our Imperial Academy Graduate Officer Candidate School, I'm not going to do our long intro. Tim, let's cry about Pierce. How do Yay. you deal with snipers when you didn't bring your own? So this one, actually, to be fair, I'm actually not crying about Pierce on this one. All I'm saying on this side is that when you are playing a list and you do not have any counters to the Pierce or to the snipers in particular, you need to be able to factor that in. And I think that is absolutely crucial. Um, again, going back to going back to the game with Brandon on Wednesday, I didn't pay attention on turn zero and I lost at turn zero. I let him uh, let again. He kind of had free reign of what to choose there, and so I let him pick a thing where he could just pick off my box holders and kill them. I should have chose something else. If we chose a different objective, it probably would have been a different story. But it's again, that's on me. So I think that's the big thing: is not so much, hey, Pierce is evil, but it's something that you have to plan around. And if you can't have a direct counter to it, then you have to be willing to think ahead and to think a little sneakily and say, okay. If I can't shoot your snipers, maybe I can just make them really, really ineffective. And sometimes that might mean, and this is hard as an Imperial player because of my DLTs. But if I don't have a lot of DLTs in my list, which is rare because, again, Imperials. <laughs> but if I don't have a lot of DLTs in my list, I might go for limited viz because that'll help me out yeah. with some snipers. Um, I've done that when snipers first came out before I could really learn how, how else to counter them. I did that to Ryan a lot. I would just say, all right, limited viz, boom. And that gives me the time to get in cover and, you know, try and try and hunker down and get around the sniper, so to speak, and, and just try to play around him. And that's a strategy. I don't know if it's the best one, but it's something that you got to think about. Because if you don't have snipers and you just go in as if you do, you're just going to melt. It's going to be gonna slow. Lose, yeah. yeah, it's so, going to be a slow, painful death, but you're going to die. I'll be honest with you, I mostly ignore them. I mean, snipers, okay. they do. And they, so they Ben takes everything I said and says I'm wrong. So they're like, <laughs> it's not that you're wrong necessarily. It's that – so I really like hostile environment. I can't choose mm -hmm. that if I don't have snipers and they do. Because right. really what snipers right. do is they throw suppression at me. And it tends to be sure. suppression when I'm out in the open, which means I'm losing actions now. So sure. I have to change the objectives that I choose. I'm with yeah. you on that. Yeah. And so I, there's limited visibility. I can't choose hostile. I refuse to choose clear conditions. I refuse, <laughs> sir. Um, yeah. <laughs> a thing that both Ben and Tim here are talking around but haven't explicitly said, if you are taking not taking snipers, you need to plan a somewhat aggressive bid to give you a little more control over those battle cards and to make sure you use your battle card deck. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would plan a, you know at least a three, if not a more bigger bid, if you are actively making the choice, I don't want to take snipers, which is fine, but getting a, a good table edge with some good blocking terrain to get some line of sight blockers to hide your guys, but then also getting deck control to be sure you can use your deck that does have those those limited visibilities and those those objective or those deployments that are, are more suited for you is is something that you, you have to take in mind. I will say Guardian uh, Ryan and I have talked about this before. Chewbacca is normally my sniper soak. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want yeah. to shoot that guy? Oh, yeah. Chewbacca's like, no. And then, yeah. uh, granted, they can use Pierce on Chewbacca's guardian roll. Yeah, okay. but anytime Chewbacca has to pick up a defense die to roll it anyway, it's just a blank. So yeah, Exactly. So I mean, <laughs> But at one time he rolls the block. You're like, no, take it anyway. But at least, you know, you're, you're hopefully getting guardian off on other things. 
Um, yeah. I will say the only guardian on the Imperial uh, outside of esteemed leader, which, you know, if they're shooting your leader, I'm almost okay with that. Because um, normally they only get one through, maybe two. I mean, maybe. Right. And then you just tuck your leader behind a wall, and now they don't see him anymore. I think uh, I think there's a couple things that, that you need to keep in mind when you're trying to play against snipers. I like to bring snipers, not so much for the fact that they can snipe, but I like to bring my snipers to have their snipers something to shoot at. Um, yeah. Sniper, oh, yeah. no, snipers, in my mind, they're not high-impact units, but they get that one damage through when you need it. When that one guy is running away with that box, when right. that royal guard is about to attack, and he's got one hit point left to, to get that dice pool reduced by two dice. Um, they're, they're just good at putting that little bit of damage exactly where you need it. Finish off that Boba Fett, um, yeah. whatever, whatever you happen to need. Right, And so I think the way that I like to counter snipers when I'm not bringing them myself is it's a relatively low impact activation. And so you need to counter that with bringing big impact activations. And I don't mean impact the keyword, but I mean something that can delete entire squads. You know, bringing a 40, you know, a set of fleet troopers without the scattergun granite, is about the same cost. Four fleet troopers is the same cost. Um, it's actually cheaper than a set of snipers. And they yeah. can go and make big swings. And a fully kitted concussion grenade scattergun fleet trooper with a six-man squad is about the same cost as two sniper teams. And what they can do right. is they can catch you up in the early game in that activation yeah. count to where you can go and wipe a whole unit out. And so now for the rest of the turns later in the game, your opponent's having to reach their hand into their bag, and every time they pull that special forces token, they know they're not doing a big offensive hit to you. And you need to play, I think, very aggressive against lists that have snipers when you don't. To try to try to get up in their face and not deal with the sniper itself so much, but to be able to, to deal with everything else to gain your value there because they're not going to be able to respond as quickly because their bag is bloated with these low-impact activations. Yeah, that's fair. That's it's, it's, fair. it's a tempo thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I think it's, you have to get aggressive against them. And yeah. I know, and it sounds crazy to rush into it. I mean, and I think sometimes you pull the thing people don't expect. Like an ATST with the mortar gun, snipers really hate it. Not the mortar gun. Yeah. The, um, uh, oh shoot. No, the grenade. The, the grenade launcher. Not the grenade launcher. The long. Yeah, I guess it's the mortars. Yeah, the, the, yeah it's the, the mortar. The four plus. Yeah. yeah, it's the mortar. Yeah, yeah, the mortar. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't mind the mortar. I, well, like as a as a guy who plays snipers, if they want to shoot their mortar at my snipers, I'm kind of okay with it because they're probably not going to panic them. And if so, it's going to take a really long time. I don't think it's um, the panic. It's the lack of. It's the lack of the reroll. Yeah. Um, Rebel that's snipers true. do okay. not like not having a reroll. When, yeah, that's when true. you lose the action, they do not like. <laughs> well, yeah, I want to say that when I play against Imperial snipers, I want to say like they roll more surges than blanks, just to taunt. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> I see taunt. so many so many surges come up. Absolutely, and, and honestly, it's one of the reasons why I just I stopped using them as a two man group. I now just bring the yeah. full squad with me, and we'll throw grenades on something for kicks and giggles. <laughs> uh, yeah. The other thing I think you need to keep in your back pocket, and right now the metagame won't really allow it, um, but if you can get really crafty, ATRTs and E-webs are great answers to snipers. Um, 
the map may not allow it. Your opponent's list may not allow it. You may not be able to get cover. But anything that has a long range with surge crit can deal with snipers really well if you just want to outright deal with them. And I'll be honest, my E-Web loves being a soaker for sniper yeah, shots. Because yeah. they only have four health. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, but it also, that's, you know, three or four shots from a sniper. Yep. Well, you know who else might have some really good long range, though? We don't know. It's not been released yet, but I just could see it happening down the road. Gungans. Like, I could yes. see them having like, some kind of, like, Gungans. weird archery unit that we can just be shooting I mean, snipers from long range. You get that bomb bad kind of, you know, yeah. trebuchet you get the thing didgeridoo. going. Get the didgeridoo playing in the background and get, like, a, a bonus die roll or something like that. Extra I expect token. this from Ben, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I feel betrayed and hurt. <laughs> Absolutely betrayed. Uh, we were brothers. <laughs> I loved you. <laughs> I'm now on fire burning screaming I hate you. That's right. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. All right. We're going to we're going to shut down the the Gungan discussion. We're not going to talk about how their shield generators are going to block all of Tim's pierce. It's going to make it's going to oh make God. Tim's army I don't want completely pierce Don't make me the Gungan player. <laughs> Tim, you and I can be Gungan players. We shall be brothers. <laughs> no. I'll I'll be Sergeant Mustache. I will do an outro one of these days. <laughs> Continue with your Gungan jokes. Tell me when you're finished. That's fine. I shall regain the joke. weight that I lost, oh. and I shall become Boss Nass. <laughs> so bomb bad. Are we done? Are we sure? Oh, we're gonna yeah, let you get started again. Then we're gonna jump back in. Yeah, oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> That's fair. I, I respect that. Mostly because you can edit us out just by keep talking, ignore us, and then just cut off our <laughs> That's volumes. Right. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> but thank you guys for stopping down and listening, uh, spending your paint time, your tournament prep time, your commuter, or whenever it is you bother to listen to us. Uh, we will see you again in two weeks. Hopefully we'll have played more games by then. Who knows? Maybe life will slow down. Um, and I'm Ryan Slavosky, reminding you to have a healthy balance in your work and hobby life. I'm Tim Hannon, reminding you to take cover, not snipers. And I'm Ben Fowler reminding you, you probably should paint those minis because otherwise you can't put them on the table. Well, you can, but, but well, you, you can't. Can. I can't. I can't. Can. I guess that's true. Ben, I can't. But Ben, <laughs> which out of the three of us, which one doesn't have a painting award, really? So are you really that's, qualified to talk about this? That's how you go. That's true. This. That's, mm-hmm. if, I, if I could verbally flip end. a table right now, <laughs> in, insert table flip noise. Maybe you should just flip your paint table because clearly it's not doing you any good. Hey! Oh, oh, oh shots fired. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night, Speaking everyone. of things that have pierce. <laughs> <laughs> have a good night, everybody. Good night. Oh. But what if it's not nighttime? Oh god, Alexa's awoken. <laughs> I don't know what she's saying. <laughs> Alexa, stop. God. I don't Speaking know what of Cylons in your home. <laughs> <laughs> really? She didn't like his respect talking her kind. <laughs>